0: hello and welcome to yemi the ferrets top 10 games of 2022 it was a pretty fast year but we got to play plenty of games not all games that i get to finish which is unfortunate you know, games like horizons uh, forbidden west and um uh, i, I never got around to finishing uh, a few indie games like Hellpie pie and stuff like that which is unfortunate, but of, of course I gotta try and find time for every game. And if I'm not vibing completely with the game, then I will, you know, say sorry. You're going on the backlog. But thank you to everyone who has supported me this year on Twitch or YouTube, sometimes Instagram and TikTok when I figure out when I when I remember to post things there. Also, of course, the podcast, like the one that you're listening to right now. If you're listening to this on Spotify on Ferris 64, there. So yes, this will be a video version. And there is also a podcast version if you don't want to watch the visuals, which, you know, whatever. It's the same experience, no matter what, pretty much. Um, But I appreciate all the support on there uh, for all across all my podcasts. It's been a pretty good year, especially for Ferret 64, which is I'm I'm very happy about that. Uh, So, yeah, sit back, relax, maybe maybe take out a notebook. I don't know. Write down some games that you might find interesting. Uh, usually these are a little bit longer, so, you know, we're in for the long ride. But once again, thank you so much for all the support and all that. Um, and let's get into my top 10 games of 2022. Street Insert- Explosion. Number 10. You all got a clear picture? All set. These things take planning and preparation. These things take violence and timing. Can do both Go, Johnny get out there. You're the commander of a foreign terror organization. I can say the same to you. To start things off as a game that was kinda controversial, but uh I think it was just me trying to push a certain narrative about this game um you you already know what it is why am i being so elusive it's modern warfare 2 the from 2022 not the not the better one but still a pretty okay one okay uh modern warfare 2 wasn't wasn't a game that i was like going I, i was initially not going to buy it and i was like they're just trying to you know float off the coat, you know, float off of this uh, Modern Warfare 2 name and branding, and they brought back all the characters from the game, just in, you know, Gaz is in in this one, he died in Call of Duty 4, and, you know, everyone's here, it's like Smash Bros, except for, you know, Modern Warfare, (laughs) and I was kind of like, I was really, I was really turned off by it at first, but, you know, I had a coupon, I had some cash, and I said, you know what, I'll just buy it. (laughs) Because, what, what, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, I've bought every single Call of Duty before, why not buy this one? So, I went in with pretty low expectations, all things considered, and the game did blow me out of the water a little bit. A little bit. It's not high art, as I said before, it's not very high on this list because, let's be honest, it is Call of Duty. And it's not, it's, it's, it's nothing to write home about. But I found the game enjoyable and fun, which is something that I have not felt in a Call of Duty game since like Call of Duty World War II. So that to me was a big, a big thing because, I mean, as a person who grew up with Call of Duty, I was around for Finest Hour and Call of Duty One and Unite Offensive and Call of Duty Two and and Big Red One and I played. I'm, I'm, I've pretty much played. ...through every single Call of Duty game that has ever been released. Except for Cold War, I think. I didn't play the campaign. Uh, and here we are. We're, we're, we finally got back to a place where I can go... ...yeah, I can recommend a Call of Duty game. Finally. Again. You know? It's been a couple years. But... Here we are. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, which is good. I, 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 I'm i happy that I can say that Warfare 2 is worth buying. Maybe not for $70, but... You know, it, 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 it's a it's a nice pickup on like a sale, maybe like a fifty forty dollar type game, because you're gonna spend most of your time in the multiplayer, and the big part of the game, which is Warzone, is also free to download and play with the DMZ mode and stuff like that. So really, you're paying for access to the multiplayer, uh, to the campaign, and to the co-op modes, and you know, the multiplayer has been, what I mean, it's been a really, really fun time. Uh, I, I can, I, you know, there was, there was a time where months were going by and I was still playing. I mean, I was working through the Season 1 pass and I was almost done with it. I think I still have time to finish it, but, um, you know, I was working through that and having a blast just kind of picking and choosing what I want instead of having to go across a finite line and get, you know, everything in order, you know, even the things you don't want. And I, I just found that to be such a very different take on the whole battle pass system, where it's like, okay, if you want the battle pass, go ahead. You can kind of fan out and 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 and, and download or not download, but but purchase whatever you want. You know, you can go across this map and and work your way through it. And I found I, f- I found that to be very enjoyable, especially while playing uh, the multiplayer. I I, I mean, yes, you, you're still going to have you know the uh, you know, the annoying people online, Um, there's always the mute option, of course. Um, And, yeah, of course those experiences are going to be a little bit, you know, sometimes you can have a little bit of anger bubble up when you're playing the game, but, for the most part, I just, I really just had a great time with it. I, I really couldn't complain at all. And, the only thing I was really complaining about was some aspects from the campaign, And, of course, there were a few things about the Spec Ops mode, and, you know, just Spec Ops is never going to be as good as it was back in, like, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3 days, you know, because that was, like, the peak of Spec Ops, and they couldn't really get away from Nazi zombies for the next, like, 50 games. Um, So, you know, they brought back Spec Ops for this one, and for the 2018 Modern Warfare as well, but, um, you know, it's still not, like, that fun to play. I mean, the one mode where you kind of defend the different bases is kind of fun. It's very reminiscent of the Battle for 3 um, holdout mode. I don't remember what it exactly was called. Which is nice, you know, I don't mind that at all. And then switching over to the campaign, you know, I thought the campaign was fine. You know, I I I, I think that it has its ups and it has its lo- its downs. Um, I think that the globe trotting adventure aspect of it kinda wears thin the farther you go along. Um, there's also like this battle with a tank, which was just kinda stupid. Um, there were a couple of missions where you had to, like, craft items, which were pretty, I mean, those were pretty cool missions, but the AI was so bad that, like, if you if you kill a guy with a grenade or, you know, a, a, a trap, which is, like, supposed to be sneaky, supposed to be stealthy, and you blow up a guy with a trap, everyone just knows where you are in the map, so, you know, there's really no way to stealthily kill people unless you craft a shiv, which breaks after each use, so... You know, there's, there's moments in the game where it's like, oh, that's really shining. Like, that's actually pretty cool. Like, there's this whole ghillie suit mission where you're sniping enemies from a hilltop. And, and, and Captain Price is telling you, you know, the angles and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and then directly after that, you have this, like, on-rails truck section where you're switching between trucks and you're trying to get to the front, which was kind of cool. But on replay, I was like, ah, uh, it was done better in Uncharted 4, you know? <laughs> Like, it's practically the same thing. It was done better in Uncharted 4. Um, but that being said, the rest of the campaign was pretty cool. I I didn't mind, like, the ending, how they were, like, teasing Makarov. I'm like, whatever. Obviously, they're gonna bring him back, you know. Um, and once again, you know, these, these games aren't necessarily replacing the old games. Uh, they're just... They're just building off of the... I wanna say lore of Modern Warfare. they're just building off of those characters, and obviously those characters were, you know, Soap and Ghost and Captain Price. They were real big sellers back in the day, uh, and Inf- Infinity Ward knows what they're doing. They know how to sell a game, and they definitely sold this one to the masses. Uh, but this one's actually worth playing, you know? I-, I I might not be able to say that 2018's Modern Warfare is worth playing. I- I'm not able to say that, you know, Black Ops Cold War is worth playing. I'm-, I'm not able to say that Call of Duty Vanguard is worth playing, okay? Black Ops 4, not worth playing at all. This game is worth playing. The campaign's good, spec ops is fine, multiplayer is fantastic, and what more could you want? Number 9. little Gator game stole my heart from the minute that I started playing it, and I could not put it down until I 100%ed the game. It did not take too long to get through it, and it wasn't, like, all that grandiose of an adventure. But I still had a lot of fun playing through the game, and interacting with the characters, and journeying on this, this island, trying to build an adventure to get your sister to play a game with you one last time before she goes to college. It was um it was a game that hit close to home. I'll be I'll be honest. You know there it was very early in my life that my sister grew, grew too old to play with me, um and so you know that you know it, it did kind of unlock some of those memories for me, and you know I think a game that takes itself not so seriously but does have a bit of a serious subject, and, and this one handled it very well. You know the, a lot of games will kind of fumble that aspect by having it be a little bit too too cheery or, or too depressing at times, you know, but this game, they, they really do thread that needle very, very carefully, and they do a really good job with it, and you know, initially, when you start Little Gator game, you know, you're just with a, a few a few friends, and you're just kind of like, okay, we did this little part of the adventure, we kind of learned the basics of jumping and swinging your sword and bouncing off of the, uh, the, the potlidge you get for a um, for a shield and being able to climb up small inclines with the with the with your stamina ability, right? And your sister goes, and you know you, you're like, oh, come come play with us, sister, and she doesn't want to. And essentially, you know the, the adventure kind of grows into this grand, not really grandiose, but a bigger thing because all the inhabitants of the island are helping and pitching in for not inhabitants, but the people who are there <laughs> are helping to pitch in with this project that the the little gator is doing and you know they set up all these cardboard monsters and there's a bunch of them hanging around giving you quests to do and they all once you become friends with them they come back to your main hub area and you know they they help you build bigger structures there and it's all just a very whimsical and fun adventure and it's one of those games that came out you know a little bit late in the year in december about halfway through right before calisto protocol and It's just, I think it's going to go a little bit under the radar, even though it has overwhelmingly positive Steam reviews. I think it is going to go kind of under the radar, simply because it is at the end of the year. And a lot of people don't consider December to be a part of their top ten list like I do. Um, That's one of the things I poo-poo the Game Awards for. It's because it's like, okay, it's January to December, you know? And you you can tell because a lot of games from December last year, and a lot of games from December this year, they're not going to show up in the next Game Awards. There's no way they do. Uh, So I want to give as much love to this game as I possibly can, because it does tell a great story. It is a very fun, albeit easy, game to get through. I mean, it is is designed for kids. And that's the thing. I think that it's a good kids game. I think it's a great kids game, actually. And it's also a game that older adults can also enjoy. You know, I had a lot of fun going through it and finding everything and, and getting all the monsters and... Building up all these friendships and going through all these little missions. You know, some of the missions are pretty quirky too. Like there's a there's a section where you befriend a, a Donald Duck type duck, <laughs> and uh, you're trying to get him to break out of his shell. And essentially, you know, he pushes you over, and little gator, little gator, the little gator boy, <laughs> is like. Objection, You know, and they do like this, they do this like pseudo, you know, uh, you know, attorney thing where they go back and forth and there's a judge and there's two people talking and, you know, it's, it's, it's stylized like a, like an Ace Attorney game, you know, and that was just such a, it was so out of left field, but it was like, yeah, this is, this is funny. You know, this is just a funny little thing, this little homage to something, but it works so well in the context of this game because the characters are themselves playing a game, you know, so I don't know. It's just it's a very cute adventure. I love the graphical style. I like how simple it is, but it, you know it's, a, it's still a very fun game, full of a lot of great moments and storytelling and stuff like that. You know, it's a game that also hits close to home. So there's that too. Um, and I've, of course, it does go into different directions than just you know your sister doesn't want to play with you anymore, right? Um, so you know I just had, I just had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, I, I found myself smiling the whole way through and and actually wanting to get everything done and i i think i would gladly do it again you know maybe maybe in the future uh, later down the line you know i would gladly go through this game again and and recheck it out or whatever number eight saving the world nobody there's a few ways you can take the title of this game nobody saves the world could mean that like nobody wants to save the world nobody saves the world could mean that uh you know the character's name is nobody and he doesn't want to say you know he's he's gonna save the world you know and that's the way they took it of course that's part of the joke nobody saves the world came out very early in the year i believe it was like a january or february release at this point um, and it was one of those games that immediately caught my eye because of the art style. Yes, it is on, it was on Xbox Game Pass, um, but I actually bought it on Steam, <laughs> uh, accidentally. And I didn't, I mean, I, I, I mean, I didn't want to refund the game because I was enjoying it so much, you know, and I wanted to support the developers who were making it. And so, I, I, I you know, I own a copy of of Nobody Saves the World, and I guess it's a good thing because I haven't gotten around to playing the DLC yet for it. And if I was playing the Xbox version, then I would have to buy it anyway. So, there you go. It all works out. But Nobody Saves the World is like this top-down... I don't want to call it like a twin-stick shooter, but it is a twin-stick game where you kind of move your character around in this 3D space, and you're you're interacting with residents in the area, and you're trying to take down the uh, kind of (laughs) hentai-ish goo and guts and tentacles that are in that are that are around that are corrupting things and whatever so you start out as nobody pretty much and you're a character who has amnesia and you're going through the game and you can actually transform into other characters so you can transform into a mouse a mermaid a necromancer a horse <laughs> wow <laughs> and all the characters do have unique things to them it's not just like okay you have one character and they have the same moves no you know, you use the horse character. The horse character only at- can only attack from, you know, backwards, which is kind of crazy, you know? The turtle character can swim in water, so can the mermaid. Uh, the necromancer, he doesn't really fight himself, he actually ri- rises the dead from their graves and uses them instead of himself to fight. And there's a lot of different characters like that that are just very uniquely handled, you know? Like, there's one that's a, a zombie. And you have to defeat enemies to keep to, to to not lose health. You know your health is constantly um, deteriorating, and you got to kill enemies to regain health. You can't heal any other way. That's a pretty cool thing there too. And you can, and eventually down the line, you can mix and match character abilities together, and you know you can add all these different elements together and and create an ultimate character. No matter which one you switch to. And you know, I really enjoyed there was a couple of boss fights in there that were pretty fun. You know, the ending boss fight was was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. And there's a good amount of things to do after the fact as well. You know, you can you can run around and you know, uh, help out with with some chores. You can run around and find people, you know. It's just one of those things it's like it's a nice open world, the, the art style is fantastic. I really enjoy like the cartoonish style. Um, I like I just I enjoyed it in general. It was a very fun game. I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, if you haven't played it yet, nobody saves the world.' it's, it's, a, it's a fun one. It's a, it's a fun little co-op game as well. you can play with other people or you can also play it solo. I mean it's up to you to, to decide which one you want to do. but yeah I like I mean I also enjoy how you can just you can swap characters on the fly. No loading required. you know you can swap to the mouse to the to the archer to the whatever you know you can just kind of do it all. And it doesn't it doesn't stop the gameplay. So, you know, it's all, it's also like a little bit of a dungeon crawler as well. There's dungeons around, and of course, you gotta level up and level and keep leveling up to get into the other dungeons. And the way that you level up isn't just through regular XP gains. You do like you do like these challenges and stuff like that, uh, where you know you need to get like you know 15 kills with this ability, or you need to get the five double kills with this ability, or. You need to do whatever with whatever right and you know yes it does kind of make you use abilities that you might not want to but it's all worth it in the end because you can level up your character and 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 become more powerful and and and, and purchase more like XP uh, based stuff like you know new moves better health etc etc so nobody saves the world definitely a gem this year definitely one that I would recommend number seven. Card Shark is probably the most unique game to come out this year. Sure, it's kind of a little bit like WarioWare at times, but honestly, I don't think I've ever played a game quite like Card Shark. And that's saying something because I've played a lot of games. Uh, and I'll probably say that same line later on down the road here with a different game. But for right now, let's just talk about Card Shark because Card Shark was one of those games where. You know, you go into it and you don't know what to expect. You know, you might be able to see, you know, some gameplay online. You might be able to see a few trailers or, or listen to the developers talk about the game. And <laughs> it's just like one of those games where you go into it and you're like, what have I got myself into, you know? Uh, so the story is based around, um, you know, your character. He, he's, he's, a, he's a mute. And... He gets picked up by this kind of shady character, and he's taught how to practically cheat at, at card games. So, that that's, I mean, the main goal is to sit at the table of, like, King Henry III or whatever and, and swindle him for all his money, right? The, big, the biggest heist, right? And, of course, there's lots of different events that happen during the game. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, of course. This is a non-spoiler uh, top ten list, you know? Um, but the places that it goes to are, are sometimes a little bit unexpected. I, I, there is some predictability in the story, too, but for the most part, it is a pretty pretty nice story. I really enjoyed it. There's a bunch of different things going on in this game, not just with the card tricks, um, but also there's, like, sword fighting, and there's just kind of, like, you know, a lot of funny dialogue in there, too, just between the characters and, and stuff like that. Of course, there's tables you can go to that... Are kind of infinite. You can kind of just try and swindle them for as long as you can and make out like a bandit. And like I said, the game does have like a warrior wear style where it's like, okay, while you're shuffling the cards, you need to press A at the right time to hide one under your sleeve or something like that. And if you don't do that right, then the, the people get more suspicious. The more suspicious that they get of you while you do while you perform while you play cards, essentially. Um, you know, the, the, they'll, they'll like kick you out, or put you in jail. Sometimes you'll die, too. Um, they'll take your money, and, and you'll die, and you gotta you do a card game with death in order to revive with all your money, right? Or not all your money, but revive yourself, essentially. Which gives you some stakes, you know? Which gives you some stakes, for sure. Now, of course, there are ways to cheese around it. Like, if you fail, you gotta exit out of the game right away, and we will just pick up from the last autosave. Which should be in a place that you can manage. I did use this towards the end of it, just because the card tricks were becoming so involved and they were so easy to kind of like just mess up a small thing here and there that I was like, Ugh, I, I gotta, I gotta do this. I can't, I can't redo all three of these tricks in a row again, you know. And I'm not gonna poo-poo you for doing that. Of course, it is. It does get a little challenging towards the end, especially when they start implementing things mid, mid, uh, mid heist, you know, mid, mid card game. Um, but that's the thing, there's so many different tricks and stuff that you can actually do in real life that are in this game, you know, um, of course there's other there's ones that are a little bit more, you know, out there, like, you know the, the main character dresses up as as a woman and uses her makeup mirror to spy on the cards of the people standing around, you know, which was a pretty fun, I mean, everything was was really well done in the game, too, like, from marking cards for for the, for the head, the head heister <laughs> to you know, just kind of showing how the the card tricks kind of work through the graphics of the game you know this very lovely art style really great music too you know nobody said the world had really good music too don't I, I forgot to mention that but this game also has some really good music it's got that renaissance flair to it and yeah and the sword fighting is kind of funny in the game you know it's just pretty much a battle of simon says and then you gotta press a different button when it when their indicator turns red so you can could do the killing blow, essentially. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Card Shark. It's definitely one that I will think back fondly of and probably play again, of course, in the future. I think every game on my top 10 list this year, I would most certainly go back and replay any time, you know? And that's something that I can't say about the top 15 from last year. You know, there were there were five games on that list that I never thought of again and actually thought less of as, as, as I thought about it, right? <laughs> so... This list definitely is the top 10 for me, and um, anyway, let's move on. Card Shark number 7, really enjoyable, definitely check that one out. And all the rest on the list, of course. Number 6. Never met someone with a taste for brawn or contrast. We'd make good mates, I reckon. I bid thee, travel the path of the Lord. And once all is done, we shall see each other once more. Now, go forth. Become Elden Lord. Elden Ring was good. (laughs) It was a long time coming. And it started off a little bit rocky, as you know from my podcast episodes early on. But once you get into a groove, once you get your build going, once you start smashing enemies in one hit with a greatsword, as I played the game... Yeah, it, it was pretty fun. It was pre- it was the game that I played the most this year. I believe I had, uh, like, 90 hours in this game at the end of it all. I was in the middle of doing a, a, um, a New Game Plus run and trying to do all the different, um, like, side missions and stuff like that. And... You know the one. The one big criticism I have for the game is that the the bosses are just too repetitive. There's too many of the same bosses. There's too many regular enemies touting around with a with a name on their on uh, uh, you know uh, and a, a big health bar at the bottom of the screen. You know, and I mean I can't blame from software wholeheartedly for that for doing that just because it's like yeah I mean you you make this massive game and you know how are you not going to reuse some things and reuse some assets right? I don't blame them entirely for that, but it does make, for, for me personally, it does make the experience a little bit lesser, in my opinion. But that being said, I mean, this game has so many weapons, so many play styles, so much to explore, it's almost, I mean, you, you walk into that world after going through and, and facing the, uh, um, the first, like, the beginning, like, the tutorial boss, which, I mean, come on, Soldier of Godric is, like, one of the hardest bosses ever designed. Um, But, you know, you you walk out into this area, and you just see this vast area, and you're looking out over this vast area, and you go, Wow, it's a little bit overwhelming. And then you get to the next part of the game, and you see another vast, and, like, the map doubles in size, and you're like, Okay, here we go. I guess we're into it. And then you get to another area, and the map doubles in size again, and you're like, Holy shit, how much did they cram into this game? Um, and that's the thing, too. They, they, they utilize the space on the map pretty well all throughout. I mean, there's enemies littered everywhere. There's little catacombs you can go into. There's little boss areas. Um, you know, obviously, there's more intricately designed parts with, like, the castle of Godric. And you go through that castle, and it really felt Dark Souls 1-y, you know? Or Dark Souls 3 Uh And there's other other parts as well, like the, 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 like the, the castle with all the wizards and stuff in there. Like, there's some really intricately designed areas that really, really work super well. And, of course, it is a From Software game, and every single Dark Souls game needs to have some sort of secret boss or, you know, side quests that are very vague. And, you know, obviously people have mapped all that stuff out now, so it is easier to go through and do all of the, uh, you know, all the stuff that you need to do for any certain build or run that you want to do. And I think the test... uh, One Testament to Elden Ring... Is that it's still being talked about? The videos of people doing challenge runs are still being watched in masses. I just finished watching one where the guy could uh, not lock on with uh, with the bow. <laughs> he did a run where he could lock on, and then he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna make this even harder. I'm gonna I'm gonna not lock on with the bow." And it was fun to watch, and it was interesting to watch. Would I ever do that? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but you know, any any kind of build is viable in the game. Finding the right one for yourself, of course, is the main challenge of any Dark Souls experience. Maybe not Sekiro uh, or Bloodborne, but definitely in this game and the other Souls games like Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, finding your build that works for you is essential to finishing the game. And if you haven't found the build that's working for you, uh, yeah, I, I I would say just restart, retool things. Of course, there is respecking in the game where you can, you know, you can swap out your stats, but that's a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the wonder, I, you know, this this is one of those games where it's like I wish I could play it again for the first time. You know, that's the thing. Like, there's so much that I could talk about if it was fresh in my mind, and I wish that I could be like talking about it like I did when I first started playing it, with all the wonder and amazement and 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 just curiosity. And now, after I kind of know everything about the game, well, maybe not everything, but most most things about the game, I don't really have much to say anymore, you know? The, the one thing that really drags it down, I've already mentioned, is repetitive bosses, and that's why I didn't continue my New Game Plus playthrough, because I was like, I guess I'll just play this when when DLC eventually comes out, right? Which, you kind of figure there's going to be DLC. There's, there's, ta- there's castles and areas that are locked, and you're like, okay, there's something maybe here for a DLC or a patch or an update or something like that. So yeah, I mean, Elden Ring, really great time. Was the game I spent the most time with. I maybe I didn't enjoy it all the way through, especially in the first like couple, couple ten like ten hours of playing it. I was, I was getting kind of angry. But like I said, once I once I started the focus, start my build, you know, use a shield, <laughs> use my summons, you know, uh, my my bells, my bell summons. Then the game started to click. And you know what, Any, you know, let me just say this right now. Anyone who says that if you beat the game by using a summon or an ally, a co-op partner, or using a certain type of weapon can shut up. Let people play games the way that they want to play them. It doesn't matter if you personally want to go into the game wearing nothing but underwear. Okay? We don't care. Play the game the way that you want to. Utilize everything that the game gives you so that you personally can have the best experience you can, and that's all that matters. And for me, it was a pretty damn good experience when I finally stabbed the freaking Elden Beast for the last time with my dual great sword. <sighs> Number five. We go from medieval fantasy to cute and cuddly. Kirby and the Forgotten Land is my fifth favorite game this year. Um, I was uh, I was pretty hyped for this game. Let's be honest, you know I was really really interested in a 3D Kirby platformer, something that that had never been done before. And I was extra extra excited. And You know what? It delivered. It delivered so hard that it was better than Elden Ring in my eyes boss variety all the different weapons and abilities you can gather and use collectibles galore and Kirby the one of the coolest characters in any video game who can take down any god or beast ever imagined (laughs) but yes it's a 3d platformer it's it's a cutesy 3d platformer dare I say I like this game better than Mario Odyssey that's right I said it. I think it looks better. I think it plays better. I think Kirby's a more interesting character than Mario. I said it. Cancel me. I dare you. <laughs> no, please don't. The game's, the game's great. I, I, I do wish that there was a little bit more openness to the levels than what we got. But in general, I liked all the little secrets. And hidden inside each area I loved trying to find all the collectibles you know replaying levels and and really combing things out and really figuring out what I missed and stuff like that and of course the biggest addition to it is mouthful mode where you can suck in a car and drive around as a car suck in a cone and and stab pipe pipes and enemies and you, know, you can you can you can suck in a light bulb and you can illuminate an area you know there's one of my favorite levels was one where you got the the light bulb in your mouth and it's like a 90's arcade, so when you start to light up, you know, like, the designs on the walls start to glow and it kinda looks like the carpet of, like, an arcade, you know? Very fun stuff. A lot of good enemy variety in there as well, surprisingly. Um, and yeah, that that mouthful mode really does add a lot to the game. It adds a lot of interesting new elements. Sure, not all the mouthful stuff was that interesting. Like, the glider was kinda, like, basic. A glider you know and like you know the stair the staircase was kind of (laughs) annoying at times too let's be honest but all in all I I found Kirby and the Forgotten Land to just be a genuinely fun and cuddly adventure something that that wasn't too hard it wasn't too hardcore it was kind of laid back at times of course the ending goes pretty hard Uh, but for the most part you're going through these levels and you're just having a good time and what more could you want uh, this is this is a game that inspired tons and tons of people to go back, go through Kirby's catalog, and play the games that they might have missed, you know? Me, personally, we went we went back and played Kirby's Adventure. It was pretty good, you know? Nothing to write home about, in my opinion, but it was pretty good, and I, you know, I'm interested in playing more Kirby games, you know? And I think that's what Kirby needed. It needed a game to kind of be like, okay, if you weren't a fan of Kirby games before, this is the game that you can play and be like, wow. Kirby's cool, you know, and yeah, Kirby is cool, and I I really like this game. And if you haven't played it yet, and you're a fan of 3D platformers, this is probably the best 3D platformer with a colorful, cute character um, that came out this year. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend checking it out. It is a Switch exclusive. You don't usually see a lot of Switch games on my list, you know, and that's mostly because a lot of games are forgettable. And I played a lot of Nintendo games this year and let me tell you Kirby in the Forgotten Land is the only one that I went all the way through and tried to do my best 100% everything even the special bonus stages. So that's also a huge testament to the lasting power of Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, so there you go. Check it out Kirby. Kirby. Number 4. <laughs> what the fuck? We're called Neons, sinners plucked from hell to do God's dirty work. But I'm finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. It's Neon White, baby. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun playing this game. And this is the game that I did, 100%. It was one of the first games that I went through and I said, you know what, I gotta do everything in this game. It was so cool. I love this game. I really do. And that's saying a lot because it's number four on my list. And I'm saying I love this game. What do you think I think of the next game? Will I be taking off my pants? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll take off my pants for Neon Red. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, I love this game. It's very, very, very good. Don't be, don't be, you know, don't be, don't be like, don't, don't, don't be pushed away by kind of like the anime aesthetic that happens throughout the game. Okay, that's a, it's a very small portion of the experience is actually interacting with characters and going through like the, the kind of like anime story, right? You know, the voice acting is pretty, is, is is really strong in this game. There's one character who's named Neon Violet who is very uwu girly, anime-type character. And, of course, you gotta put in one of those games for the people who want to jerk off, okay? (laughs) Uh, But, in general, I mean, I found myself not skipping any dialogue in this game. I thought that the voice acting was was phenomenal in this game. You know, the guy who plays Neon White did a really, really good job. Um, And there's a whole bunch of, like, fun and, and, and charismatic characters to be in the game. You know, the main crux of the game is using these cards to take out demons while doing platforming challenges. So, you know, in order to complete the level, you gotta kill every single demon, and you gotta get there as fast as you can, so you can get a silver or a a platinum medal, I should say. S-tier ranking on each level. And there's also little collectibles hidden in each level, like a gift, which you can give to characters and unlock secret levels, and also just, you know, have fun with the characters in the game. And, you know, even though I found the final boss they kind of, you know, kind of be like, huh, eh, ho-hum, you know, it was fine. I liked it, but it wasn't, like, super challenging, right? Maybe at that point I was just really good at the game and I was, like, on crack <laughs> while playing it. But, yeah, I, I, I just, I found this game to be so smooth, so, so fun, so fast, you know. There's just so much going on. I, I love how each weapon has, like, its own little ability and you kind of got to choose whether, okay, maybe do I, do I expel, do I, do I expend all the ammo in this gun or do I use a special ability to, to do a double jump or shoot a bomb and and get launched off of it like a jump like an old jump server from called from Call of Duty 1 You know or you know do I do I use uh, The slam attack with this gun or do I use the dash attack with this gun or do I use the whatever with whatever? You know, it's just one of those things. that's like yes, they just they put so much effort into meticulously des- designing these levels making them highly replayable you know, giving you a challenge while also giving you everything you need, and then some, to get through said challenges. You know, there's there's a part in the game where, um, you know, you, ha- you have the ability to go, you know, through this hallway, or, you know, you can try and jump over this and do a snipe shot to an explosive barrel that'll destroy the enemies that were in that room and then dash through a door and boom you just you just knocked off 10 seconds from your time you know that's the thing going back through levels and figuring out how to do the fastest times on my own was one of the most fulfilling things that I've done this year inside of video games I had so much fun mapping out these levels in my mind and just doing them to perfection, so I could get all platinum, all the platinum time trials. Um, I did have to have some help by find for finding all the gifts. That that was one thing that I did need a little bit of help with, just because they some of them were hidden in pretty good places and and pretty out of reach places. Uh, but you know, I, I I found myself really enjoying just the the, the just the, the strategy and and the charm and and everything with this game. Maybe this game should be higher on my list. But as of right now, you know, I think that is a very solid shooter. It's a, it's a game that I think if you like fast-paced shooter and you, you love platforming challenges, boom, this game is exactly what you want, what you need. Um, and yeah, even though like the story isn't always interesting, I still enjoyed listening to all the dialogue and, and interacting with all the characters as much as I could. Yeah, I just really, really liked Neon White. What can I say? Number three. You a calm and reasonable person. In moments of crisis, panic does nothing. Harness it. Let it serve you. You'll get your answers soon enough. Well, some of them. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, man. This was a long time coming. I've been waiting since 2018 for this game to come out, and it delivered. And it delivered on a, a golden platter. A platinum platter, you might say. This is one of the few games that I 100%ed this year and got a platinum trophy on. And, of course, it's because it was such a good experience. The story and the acting and the, the locations you go to and all the new bosses that you fight, from big dogs to, 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 to centaurs to... Just all these different boss types, and, you know, you think about the first game, you know, 2018's got to where I should say, and just how kind of repetitive fighting the ogres with the, sl- with the stone slabs was. They were fun fights, but it kind of gets a little bit old. That being said, you know 2018 does have some of the best boss fights ever. Now this game also has some really, really great boss fights. You know that starting battle with Thor is so memorable. How they fake you out by thinking that you got, you know, you have to restart at a checkpoint, but then Thor zaps you with lightning and revives Kratos to fight him some more. You know the final battle with Odin, really, really good. Um, You know through the game there's just a bunch of memorable boss fights and moments and. You know, I, I do think that the game takes... It's, it's story is a little bit more sloppily done, in my opinion, than 2018. You know, 2018 was such a classic of, you know, a father and son tale going to the top of the mountain, whatever. Um, it was a very clean and well-executed uh, a story, and I really enjoyed that. God of War Ragnarok, it does kind of stumble a little bit here and there with the story, you know, but I think for the most part, it just does a really good job of telling this tale and kind of putting a... A bow on the Nordic part of of Kratos's career. Now, I have said this before, and I will say it again. I do think there is a a, a trilogy coming our way. Okay, another game in this series, because um, the ending of the game is pretty open ended, um, or maybe we get a, a an Atreus solo game. I'm not sure. Um, but what, what what I will say with the story is, you know, this was one of those games that really emotionally. Like, got got me, you know? There were moments in this game that genuinely made me tear up. Tears rolling down my eyes, obviously. Um, the end of the game was very powerful. It was very interesting. You know, it's one of those games that, yeah, I mean, I, I do want to get back, you know, and, and replay down the road. Um, but it's not a game that I would, like, run to again. You know, I think that there was a lot, like, I think the game did fumble some of the end game content. Um, especially with some of those final boss fights you had to do, I really felt like the game was struggling to kind of keep an interesting side mission structure. You know, early on, like, yeah, you're doing these side missions, a giant whale comes out of the water, and whatever, whatever. And then, you know, the end of the game, you do these end game sequences where it's like, oh, find the four different stags of the seasons. And it's just like walking up to them and interacting with them, and that's it, and nothing else happens, you know? There's like five or six different dragons you have to fight in this one area, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of feeling some some of that 2018 twang in this, you know? And that's not to say that I don't like the combat, like, obviously I love the combat, but when you're fighting, you know, and doing things that stopped being interesting after the third time you did them, uh, you start to lose me a little bit. And, um, I will say this, you know, even though I really like the story in the game, it also, like I said before, it does kind of stumble a little bit, especially with how they did, uh, they, they did suitor pretty dirty in this game. You know, you, you do this whole section where you're trying to find him and whatever and power him up to, to start Ragnarok, and he doesn't even do anything! <laughs> he literally does nothing! And it's like, wow, we took this guy's life because... We thought we needed him, but we didn't <laughs> like he was just a giant distraction that barely did anything, you know Maybe that's too many spoilers there. Sorry um, I mean, it's, it's it's the top ten list of the year what, what am I gonna do not talk about the things that I liked and did not like about something? But that being said Ragnarok, it's, you know, it, it, it does build on top of the combat system that was in place in 2018 yeah, I do miss, like, the the R2 giant axe swing down onto an enemy to, into an instant kill. I do kind of miss that move a lot, but there's a lot of stuff in there that they, they, they changed around and mixed around. There's a lot of different runic abilities and heavy runic abilities and stuff like that to use as well. They retooled how Rage works. There's three different versions of Rage now, which is pretty cool. You know, kind of deciding which version of Kratos you want to use. That was pretty cool. And the new weapon that they add into the game is also God Tier. It's one of my favorite weapons in any God of War game. It was very, very, very fun. No, you did not get to use Thor's hammer. And I guess I'm okay with that, because the drop near spear was pretty freaking cool. And don't don't let me dissuade you from trying, you know, playing the game. Because, you know, even the stuff that I didn't really like, I still had in, an enjoyable time doing them, except for the one of the final boss fights, <laughs> one of the si- final side boss fights. It This game genuinely made me rage at times, and just because of that, you gotta knock it down a peg, you know? I, a game that makes me rage is not a game that I had uh, completely had a lot of fun, you know, had the most fun of my life with, you know? Even though most of the game was really, really good. I gotta, I gotta criticize it for making that those final like two or so boss fights that I did just out of this world difficult. You know, I was playing on like a medium difficult, a normal difficulty, whatever you want to call it, and I was just getting di- di- dismantled by by one of these ending bosses. And yeah, anything that makes me yell at the TV probably not gonna be higher than number three on my list. Let's be honest. <laughs> Did I say enough positive things about God, Like about this game? Like, it is really Like, the graphics are great. The gameplay is really smooth. It's a really good experience. I don't think it's as good as 2018, but it's still pretty good, all things considered. If I had to put this on a list of, like, God of War 2018, God of War Ragnarok, God of War 3, God of War 2, God of War 1, you know, God of War Ascension, you know, it's definitely towards the top of that list. You know, 2018 God of War, probably next after that would be God of War 3 and then Ragnarok honestly so you know take that with what you will it's still a really good game but in a year of games that I had a lot of fun with a lot of different games this one was the only one that truly made me rage and because of that I can't put it at the top sorry Kratos number two of the lamb yes that's right oh my gosh speaking of games that did things that I was not expecting I've never seen before in my life roguelite mixed in with management systems it was a dream come true I it's something like I don't normally enjoy roguelites okay Hades was like the first one that really clicked with me and, and a lot of people So, you know, going into this game, I was like, it's a roguelite, but I really love the art style, and I like what they're setting up here. And then on the other side of that, they said, oh, manage and, and, and do things with your cult, and feed people, and build their houses, and bury them, and sacrifice them. And I'm like, oh, I don't really like management systems in games either. It usually makes me fall out. But for some reason, Cult of the Lamb... Smash those two things together, and they made a beautiful, beautiful experience. Yes, I would have liked them to flesh out the combat a little bit more, put a little bit more weapons in there, a little bit more variety in that. In that. Other than that, beautifully looking game, wonderful soundtrack. I really liked interacting with your with your with your cult's members and all the different systems that are running in there, with trying to keep them happy and trying to keep them a part of the cult. You know, you go up to you go up to one, and you talk to them, and do and you do the, like the little dance, and it goes, blah, 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 you know, it's just a, such a cute game. But underneath this cute exterior, there's this dark and demonic interior, and, and it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's got like kind of like a, Cth- a Cthulhu vibe to it, you know. Um, oh, what what's that called? <laughs> I'm I'm so bad. I forget every single time what this is called. Cth- Cthulhu shit. Cthulhu lore was it called Lovecraftian that's what it's called yes it has, a, it has this un, a Lovecraftian undertones to it as well not really under I mean it's in your face at times too so you know I, I really f- found myself enjoying the entire package here yeah there was a couple of problems on the switch version which is unfortunate hopefully they, I mean I, th- I do believe that they have fixed that entirely um, but the PC version ran beautifully the whole the whole way through. I was I was having so much fun with it. I mean, going through these like little dungeons areas and kind of choosing your paths and trying to get, you know, you know, trying to get like new members and also trying to, you know, keep your existing members happy and trying to like feed them enough so they don't die while you're on an adventure, you know. And the game wasn't too punishing for when you died either, you know. It, it kinda like, you kind know, of like, yeah, sure, your cult members lost a little bit of faith in you and you lost all your ...items, or most of your items. But, you know, it was just one of those things that's like... ...it was actually pretty forgiving, all things considered, and... ...I don't mind that, you know? I I, you know, I like my roguelites now. I, I really do. I, I've been playing a lot of roguelites lately recently. And this one was the best one to come out this year. And I, I think that this tops Hades, too. Because even though Hades was really good, had a really great story to it... ...it didn't have this management system of, of trying to keep your cult happy. And that's the thing that really started to truly sell me on the game. You know, after all was said and done, yeah, you can go back through the dungeons and and re-kill the bosses and all that stuff. But the main part that I was having the most fun with was just interacting with my cult, getting new members, finding all the different skins in the game for my members, finding all the different cards you can unlock during your runs, and doing all the things that you can possibly do to, to just, like, get your get your fullest experience out of the game that you possibly can. And, you know, this is a game that yeah, I mean, I would highly recommend to pretty much anyone, you know, unless you're like super, super religious and you don't want to touch anything that's slightly demonic. <laughs> yeah, I would say anyone is gonna I think that a lot of people will have a lot of fun with this. It's it's simple enough to kind of pick up and learn super easily, but it's it's in depth enough that you need to learn the different things going on. And you gotta really pay attention to like enemies and how they work and stuff like that. It has a little bit of a Binding of Isaac style to it, you know, in, in the combat, you know. Except you don't have range; the enemies do. Um, and you know, just in general, I just the art style is one of the best art styles out there. You know, I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm always surprised when I see certain games not make the Game of the Year nominations. Uh, and this was one of those ones I was like, wow, they did not even. Think of putting Call to the Lamb on there because they put Stray on there. Like, hello? I'm the uh, spoiler alert, but Stray is not on my list, and it's because the game really doesn't do much. It really doesn't. Like, yeah, it's a fun experience, but what the fuck do you do in the game, you know? You do practically nothing in this game. I mean, I enjoyed the game, don't get me wrong, but you think Stray is better than Call to the Lamb or my number one? Get out of here. Speaking of which, Number (sighs) 1 We've made it all the way, folks, and yes, Ali Ali World was my favorite game this year. <sighs> Where do I start? I mean, come on, like Ali Ali One and Two, great games at their heart. You know, it, they're simple little little puzzle—not really puzzle, but you know, kind of like hardcore platforming games. And Ali Ali World takes that base that all that the first two games grew on, right? And it flourished into this beautifully well-crafted and, simply put, amazing experience. You're on a skateboard, you're doing all these tricks by moving your joysticks and using your buttons and stuff like that. You know, doing grabs and stuff. And you're trying to rack up the highest score that you can to get to the end of the the level. And each level has, you know, really interesting designs to them, you know? It's a very cartoonish world. Uh, and you know, like you go from places like the beach, and you have like board—you're riding on top of boardwalks, and you're going through sandcastles, and you're passing by like shop fronts that you would see like in M- Miami or something like that, you know. And then you go to like an industrial area that you know things are like coming out of the out of the ground and 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 being moved on on cranes and stuff and you're grinding and riding across it is like there's so much like personality and so much going on in these levels you know it kind of reminds me of like the donkey Kong country series you know with 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 tropical freeze where there's stuff going on in the background there's stuff going on in the foreground there's stuff going on in the level that you're going on you know, and it's it's one of those games where it's like it's very reactionary. You know, you have a split second to decide what you want to do. If you want to jump over this, if you want to grind this, if you want a manual on this, if you want a firecracker down these stairs, if you want a grab trick over this half pipe. You know, and there's a bunch of things that you need to remember to do while you're playing the game too. If you press A as soon as you hit the ground, you have a smooth landing. Um, <laughs> if if you know if you if you hold B long enough in the air, you tweak your move and it gives you extra points. There's so many different things, you know. And then and then on top of that, there's multiple pathways through the game too. You can choose to go on a harder route called a gnarly route, which can lead you to secrets and and different and, and side objectives like meeting this character or collecting or smashing through this or collecting all the the bugs or whatever, you know. There's so many different things to do just in general with the normal tracks. And it makes those special tracks also feel really fun, too. You know, there's several where you just like race um, Something in the background like this the, one of the first ones you do is you're pretty much riding down this winding river And there's just a bear in an inner tube And he's just kind of like sleeping there and, and the games like beat this bear down down this way and You gotta do everything as fast as you can so that you can beat the bear and get the special board unlocked You know and that's another thing that I really really enjoy about the game is the customization There are so many Hairstyles, uh, shirts, skateboards, wheels, pants, undershirts, jackets, dresses, kilts, <laughs> like hats, glasses, did I say glasses already? Glasses, tattoos different different variations of moves you can make them look different you can make your you can make your character get off his skateboard differently there, there's so much that you can do and on top of all that this game has like the most chill and vibe playlist ever created and you can switch songs on the fly if you want if you're not vibing with a song boom go on to the next one it's very unlikely that you'll not be vibing with the song but there's always a chance <sighs> yeah I, I I really really love this game this year. Um, you know when I went back to play it for this list and I started playing the DLC again and the regular courses again It really proved to me like yeah, this is definitely deserves to be number one There's there's just so many fantastic things going on the DLC just adds to the experience I'm not factoring in the DLC for the for this placement But let's just say that the DLC Would definitely solidify it as number one if I could do that, you know And it is it's still number one either way, you know was, I, I found no faults in this game at all I didn't get any glitches. I didn't I didn't I never raged. I I, I, I I was I was like really focused in when doing everything. I was just having such a such a good time. I was smiling all the way through. And yeah, I mean I li- I also like the story that's going on, you know. You're trying to, you know, impress the skating gods pretty much. So you got to, you know, do, you, and you learn a new trick in each with for you know, with each god and you know the, the end game stuff. You know you gotta you gotta complete all the little the courses and you gotta get the highest scores you can and then you unlock like really special outfits and stuff like that. Um, and they continued that passion through the DLC too. I don't know if if the Finding the Flow Zone is the final DLC, but if it is, it's fantastic. You should definitely play that. Whew! yeah, just a really really good experience. And you know it's one of those games that comes around once in a once in a in a in a full moon. You know. It's one of those games that, yeah, it definitely goes above and beyond. And I think the one thing that really, really cements its placement is the fact that it did come from a line of other games that were good in their own rights, but this game just built on top of that so, so well. It's it's a perfect sequel. It truly is. And it was the first game that I gave a 5 out of 5 this year, and after consideration and thinking about it for a long time, it's actually... The only game that I gave a 5 out of 5 this year. Um, so, definitely check this out. It was such a fun time. It's it's hardcore if it, if you want it to be hardcore. But it's also kind of laid back if you want to be laid back, you know. And that's why I love Ali Olly, Olly World. So, yeah. Let me know how you did on the Game of the Year contest. Which is going on right now. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you're here for the premiere, we're going to be watching this where we are watching this live right now at at the premiere of the of the top 10 list on my YouTube channel. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'm Yama the Ferret and I am out of here. So long.